the word of God that comes to us tonight is from Micah through the Lord who says, And he, this one, shall be our peace. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, maybe you've seen, uh, anyone watch TV? I know you do. All right. Sometimes. Recently, I saw a commercial, a Lexus commercial. Uh, for 20 years, they've been having ads that say, a December to remember, right? You're familiar with it? Someone drives in and there's a red bow on the Lexus and everyone's, wow, that would make my, my life perfect, right? Anyone think that? Anyone not think that? Not fooled by that, right? A Lexus may or may not make, make you happy. It won't. Um, well, they have a, a beautiful ad campaign to make everyone ooh and ah over the things that they don't have or if they do buy them, regret buying them because they'll be paying for them for a long time. But they do, recently they came out with uh, a commercial that had all these images of the season, right? all the red and green and the lights, and it was beautiful. And it came to the end and it said, celebrate, celebrate whatever, right? Celebrate whatever. Anyone feel like you just got to celebrate something at this time of the year? Like as the days grow darker, uh, anyone resonate with uh, Seinfeld and let's just have ourselves a Festivus? Anybody? <laughs> like whatever it is, have the guys over, the girls over, we've got to celebrate whatever. You feel like that? You as a human have to fight back against the darkness, the conflict, the pain that's out there. Um, maybe it's just me. I think it's all of us though. Well, um, my name is Rev Zek, and I'm from St. Paul Lutheran Church, and um, if you went to the Living Nativity, you remember that this text, Micah chapter 5, was the text where you got to the end, and you heard about the one who is born, why he has come, and where he has come from. Well, I am Rev Zek, but I needed some help, so I, I rang up my good friend, Dr. Seuss, to help me with this sermon, and uh, not really, but he did, I did get a little help. Uh, and he said, you know what, you ought to just tell the sermon what you're going to tell them up ahead of time. And uh, so this is my sermon, the message that we're going to carry away into the rest of the night and to tomorrow and, and so on. Here it is. Repeat after me. Blue, but for you, what shall he do? All right. Blue, but for you, what shall he do? All right. That's it. So, uh Go in peace, serve the, no, just kidding. No, there's more to it. Well, the, the blue is what we all can resonate with, right? That Lexus doesn't make us happy. There's, there's something about this season, which is why we make Festivus, why we get together, we fight against the darkness. And this is not a new thing. You've heard of the 12 days of Christmas? That was appropriated long before Jesus came. That was the, the, not the 12 days of Christmas, but 12 days in the middle of the dark winter. Or um, Yule logs. These kind of things go back a long time. Uh, the, the great idea of putting candles on a pine tree inside your house. Um, fire not approved. Firemen not approved. Right? This is, these things have been going on for a long time. Why? Because it's at this time of year when we, we know it's the most wonderful time of the year. Right? It is. Uh, it's a holly jolly time of year. Uh, la 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 la. Right? It's that time. The tis the season to be jolly. And it is. 
who enjoys your family and friends at this time of the year so much, right? All of us. And because we love that, because of the beauty of this time of year, then there's the other things that are at the edges that give us so much pain. There's a reason that the songs like, it is a blue, 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 blue Christmas are popular. We feel it, right? And all the joy, the reason that it's hard is because of the, the blueness. So that's the first thing we look at, blue, blue Christmas. And is it because we don't have enough presents under the tree? No, there's plenty of presents under the tree. It's because there's someone that's not there to open the presents. Or is it because we don't have enough food on the table? Of course not. It's because there's an empty chair. Is it because there isn't the great thought that there should be peace on earth? Do we have every means possible to have peace on earth? Yeah, but do we? No. And that conflicts that we see between nations is also between us and our family and friends. It's also inside our hearts. It's also between us and our maker. There's this lack of peace that makes us blue at this time of the year. Would you open up your bulletin and look for the Old Testament reading that Ken read? It's the one that says Micah chapter 5. It's on page 7. Well, let me tell you, uh, as we just, you already understand the blue, but let me tell you how the blue shows up in our text today. Verse 1 says this, Now muster yourselves in troops, daughter of troops. They have laid siege against us. With a rod they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. You probably have heard Micah 5, the next verse, many times. The one that says, But as for you, Bethlehem, too little, so on. One will come as a ruler. You might have heard that, but maybe you've never read verse 1. In fact, when I printed this originally, I didn't put it in. Even at the top, still has this little recollection, verses 2 to 5. I didn't put in verse 1 until I thought about it some more, and I said verse 1 has to go there because verse 2, the good news, is so much better because we live in a world of bad news. In verse 1, the context here, this is the prophet Micah speaking from the Lord, and he's speaking to the king in Jerusalem. And what's going to happen to him in a matter of short years, they're going to have so little army, they can't even call it an army. They just call it some troops. And there's this enemy that's coming that will lay siege against us. And this happened in 701. A guy named Sennacherib. Say that one fast. Sennacherib. Kind of fun. He came from Assyria, the biggest empire in the history of the world. And they laid siege against Jerusalem. And it was horrible while it lasted. And it even says that the king, the, the, uh, a rod will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. This is talking about the king who's supposed to be strong. And yet, in a short matter of time, the king and the kingdom will be up against an impossible enemy. Do you feel like you have a siege against you? There is. There is a siege against you. There is an enemy out there prowling about, full of darkness. Call it death. Call it sin. Call it the devil. Call it ourselves. There's all these things that are out there laying siege against us. And so here, there is blue when Micah brings this word, right? If we had to go home right now, how sad. Thanks be to God that we don't have to go home yet, right? 
I said there's the blue, but thank you, Dr. Seuss, blue. And then there's, but for you, let's all say that. All right, thank you, my Dr. Seuss friends. Well, look at verse two, it says this, and this is the, the, the thing that we focus on and why we're here tonight. It says, but as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah. I can't even say that right. It says, but as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth from me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. What is Micah talking about? What is this prophet prophesying? That there's a town, right? Bethlehem. And he's specific. There are two Bethlehems in this day, one up north and then one down south. He's specific, says the one down south. Bethlehem Ephrathah, the one that's just south of Jerusalem. He says, you're too weak or too little to even be counted. Uh, reminds me of where we are right now. Where are we? Wolcottsburg. You ever find that on a map? Wolcottsburg. Some of you might call it North Clarence. Uh, if you ask Marvins, they've got a good start. Uh, Wolcottsburg, and they tell us where we are. 14032 and a half. We are too little to be among the clans of Erie County, right? We're too little. Like there used to be a gas station there. Uh, there used to be, there's still the pub next door. I don't know. The rest is sort of, you know, we're not a whole, we're not big, right? It would be like this. Um, well, here in our text, it says that a ruler will come to that itty bitty town, Bethlehem, Bethlehem Ephrathah, this little town, a town about as big as Wolcottsburg, right? Well, who is this one who will come? It says this. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Right? How can you be born, but yet come from eternity? Right? Here, Micah is talking about not just another king, another ruler, but the king, the ruler, God himself. God himself will come in this mystery and be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. He will take on human flesh. Think for a moment. What if, um, Diane, I'm going to use your house. What if the, uh, next door where Diane lives, if uh, instead Josh Allen lived there? Would that be cool? And over there, Stefan Diggs, right? That's where those guys live. And I don't know, the rest of the team, Dawson Knox is over there and so on. Um, would that be cool? What would you think about Wolcottsburg if that was true? Is it the place to be or what? Everyone say, woohoo. It would be awesome. Why? Because those guys are pretty cool. We root for them. It's like, they're on our team. In fact, they could have lived anywhere they wanted, but they came to 14032 and a half right here. Now, take that thought, like that, wow, cool factor, and apply that to the human race. God himself moved to 14032 and a half your heart. He took on humanity. God, in his power, he could have been a hippopotamus for Christmas. Right? You know that song, All I Want for Christmas is a, or All I Want for, is a hip, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, God could have become a, a hippopotamus. What good would that have done for the human race? Not a whole lot, right? Not a whole lot. But instead, he became a human, a man. He took on our flesh. Is he still God? Is he still from eternity? Yes. Is he also true human? Yes, he is fully God and fully man. Well, that is good news. He comes from eternity. I just want to think about that word for a moment. Those things I mentioned, Festivus and, uh, you know, celebrate whatever, those longings in our heart, those 
like when you hear a really great piece of music and you're like, wow, that's it. That is beauty itself. And yet, as you listen to it, you know it's as beautiful as it is. There's something beyond it. Or when you eat, eat a really great meal, right, maybe tonight, and it's so wonderful, right? You, you bite into that morsel and it's amazing. And you think, this is it. But yet, you know there's something behind that. Or, you know, go on, so go on, go on. But like when you have this moment of love with someone that you care about, and you think, this is it. And yet, it is it, but there's something beyond it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like this thing, this, this beauty that we're so close to. Like when you see a sunset, and you're like, wow, that's it. It is it, but there's something beyond it. Right? You know, you're tracking with me? You can all come up with ideas. That it that we look for is eternity. It is the beauty, the glory, the majesty of eternity. And that thing is in our hearts. Uh, King Solomon said that God has put eternity in the hearts of people. Does that ring true for you? It rings true for me. That there is eternity. There's something in my heart that is more than just all the Christmas presents you're going to get here. All the Lexuses, all the Yule Logs, and so on. There's some eternal thing. And our text tells us today that someone has come from that place to bring it to us. Is that beautiful or what? He's come from eternity to give us eternity. Um, think about magnets a minute. Like magnets are, I can't do it very well, but they're, you know, if you have them the wrong way, they repel each other. But then at a certain point, they, you, you can't fight it anymore and they pop together and they stick together. That's what God has done in becoming a man to magnetize all of us back to himself, back to our, we could say our true north or our connection with God, whatever you want to say. That's why he's come to bring us the beauty of eternity. That's good news. That is good news. You guys like Christmas presents? Do you like to give them or receive them? Or both? <laughs> well, I think both, right? I, so in a moment, the next couple minutes, as we, we funnel down in this text and continue our worship, we're going to unwrap a couple of Christmas presents. And I want you to think, which one is your favorite? And these Christmas presents come in Jesus. Take a look at your text. We're going to unwrap a couple of them. Look at verse 3. It talks about Jesus coming. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child. This is the prophecy of Jesus coming. But then it says this. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. All right. So that sounds kind of theological and heady. But it means this. When Jesus comes... As a man, he will do what it takes to bring all his children home. Is that good? Is that your favorite present? God wants to bring me home, you home, us all home. That's what it says. Maybe that's your favorite present that will open right now. Look at verse 4. It says this, and he will arise. That means two things. One, when a king was anointed, they, it would, they would use this word arise. Uh, he would be installed as the king. He is the true king. Maybe that's your favorite. But the other part of that is that this word arise. What did Jesus arise from more than anything else? The grave, death. Jesus died, as we know, and he rose again. He is really alive. He has arisen. And so when we pray to him, we don't pray to a dead God, to our own thoughts, to ourselves, to the universe. We pray to a, a risen Lord. Is that your favorite? 
That's my favorite. So was the next one. It says this, and he will shepherd his flock. Do we need a good shepherd? One who will speak to us and call us to himself. One who will lay down his life for us. One who will give us all we need. Think Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. We could say truly, Jesus Christ is my shepherd. I shall not want. Is that your favorite? Maybe that's your favorite. It's my favorite too. And it says he'll do this in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name or the authority of the Lord as God. Jesus is not weak. He who came and was laid in a manger, which is a feed box, he is not weak. He comes in the strength of God. Think for a moment. It says other places that, that God, and this is figurative language, but it's trying to help us understand. He holds the universe in the palm of his hands. He had to use his fingers to knit us, to make us. We are teeny tiny. Is he powerful? Yeah. So it says that Jesus will come, he'll stand, he'll arise, and he will shepherd us. How? With that power. The power that formed the universe. Is that your favorite? Is that your favorite present? It's mine. And he'll do it with the majesty, that, that beauty, that glory that we seek. He will bring that majesty. And then it says at the end of verse 4, and they will remain because at that time he'll be great to the ends of the earth. And they will remain is also translated and they will be secure. Is this your favorite? That in Jesus, as you trust in Jesus, you are safe? I love it when I first became a Lutheran, my pastor said as we were like fretting about something, which we never would do, of course, but as we're fretting about something and worried about it, and he would say these words, you are safe in Jesus. Reiko, don't worry, you're safe in Jesus. So I say that to all of you. You are safe in Jesus. He provides all safety and security. It says they will remain. He will keep you. When you remember your baptism, perhaps you say, I belong to Jesus. Or you ought to. Maybe that's your favorite present. That's mine. And then it says, at that time, he'll be great to the ends of the earth. What other person born in Bethlehem, Ephrata, this little podunk town, is great to the ends of the earth? Anybody? No, but he is. He is great to the ends of the earth. He is great. And lastly, maybe this is your favorite. This one will be our peace. Maybe that's your favorite. Jesus it talks of him that he, he comes to bring peace. As he's about to leave, he says, I, I'm going to leave my Holy Spirit with you. And he says, I, these words I speak to you so that you will have my peace. In this world, you will have trouble, tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I come to bring you my peace. In fact, Paul quotes this, St. Paul, which this church is named after, quotes this in Ephesians 2, and it says that Jesus himself is our peace. He quotes it. He says, those of us who were far away, far away from God, have been brought near by the blood of this one. And now we are close to him. He himself is our peace. Maybe that's your favorite present because you need that peace, that peace between you and God, that peace in your soul, the only thing that will give you that shalom, as we say at the Living Nativity, he has come to be our peace. And then maybe it'll even spill out in your life where that person that you didn't used to get along with, you now can make amends with. 
because you're forgiven and you can forgive others. All this is a gift. I don't know which one is your favorite. We're going to end uh, the sermon, but I want you to ponder as you open your presents tonight or tomorrow, whenever you do it, and you enjoy these beautiful gifts. Also, think back, what are the gifts that God has given you in Jesus? The whole reason that we open these presents. So, in the name of Jesus, amen.